Hey guys, welcome back to the show, the channel where we help you manage your issues, bring clarity to your emotional issues, to what's going on in between your ears so you can live the life that you want to live, so you can make the decisions you want to make. I know I repeat myself, but that's how we learn. This town is a part of us all. A part of this town is a part of us all. Okay. But yeah, clarity. That's what matters. I mean, that's my religion. I would die for that. I would die for the how we bring clarity to our emotional issues. I would die for the ability to do that uh, so you can live the life that you want. I mean, that's the most important. I, I don't know exactly what, how that would practically work out, where I would need to be in the situation, where I need to die for that. I mean, that's some you know very sad kind of a torture situation. But if the, if the opportunity ever came up, I would gladly die for clarity of emotional issues of your issues, of my issues, and I guess part of that clarity, you know, it's, it's your issue, what's going on in between your ears, but what's going on, on out in culture is a reflection of what goes on in between your ears. That's why it's culturally relevant. That's exact, that exactly what makes it culturally relevant is it's what's going on in all, all of our psychologies, right? Like when Jung said, when the Cold War started, the Iron Curtain came down, he said, the Iron Curtain isn't just coming down between the East and the West. It's coming down in the psyche of every individual. The, the Iron Curtain between the conceptual and the perceptual, in a sense. So when we talk about cultural issues here, that's what we're ultimately talking about is our own psychology. And a cultural issue I want to get to today, I know I said I was going to do that, that presentation on values and therapy, and I will get to that. And I may even do that later this week. We'll see what happens. But this is a culturally relevant uh, issue that came up, and it's kind of been in the back of my mind for a while, but a video that went somewhat viral on Twitter last week came up. And there's a video of Carrie Lake, who is a uh, governor, some candidate for governor, I think, in Arizona. And a maybe you saw it, but a journalist accused her of using divisive language. And her response to that was, you think I use divisive language? What about the divisive language that journalists use? And then she went through all these examples of journalists using divisive language. And a lot of people posed this saying, oh, wow, Carrie Lake really took down this journalist. And I'm thinking, did she? She just used his argument. I think it was a he journalist. She just used his argument on him. It's just like some, it's not really going anywhere. And I don't think there's any problem with using divisive language. And I think the real problem is the fact that we see that, uh, that were divisive as some kind of denigration to somebody's point. That's exactly the issue which it kind of perpetuates itself. So that's, that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, and, and again, you know, I just got to say, this is obvious if you've watched more than two of my videos, but if you think I'm going to make some political point here, left versus right, you know, that's fine if, if, you, if that's your takeaway. But if that's your takeaway from this video, I, I just don't really think you're ready for the information that's on this channel. I say that with respect. A lot of us aren't ready for certain things in our life, and I just don't think you're ready for what we discuss here. Yeah, I think both sides are divisive, the left and the right. However you want to define that, I think that's ultimately a false alternative. The left and the right are ultimately, they're, they're both divisive, but who cares? Why does it matter whether something is divisive? What matters is whether something is true, whether a point or an argument or a fact that you present, whether that's true. That's what matters. And I think we'll see how this issue applies to therapy and to psychological growth.
So what I see as the main issue going on, and if somebody asks me, if somebody asks me and people have asked me a couple times, hey, Mark, what do you see as the main issue going on in culture or society, what we're dealing with? I would boil it down to two words, attachment disorder. We don't know how to form healthy, secure attachments in our personal relationships, in business relationships, whatever. E even in relationships with objects, with our money. We don't have a healthy attachment with money. And what you see going on, any problem that you point to and you think, oh, this is a problem out there. I'm not going to go through a bunch of examples, but I would effectively say that is not the problem. That is a symptom of our inability to create secure attachments. We feel insecure. We, we feel probably beyond that, a sense of existential strife or dread, and the problems that you would see in society, our cultural divide, okay, for instance, that is a result of the attachment disorder. And what do I mean by attachment disorder? That's a vague, you know, abstract concept. It's a healthy, you know, a, a very valid concept, but it's abstract and you may not know what I mean. And there's no way I can go into all the iterations of what uh, unhealthy or healthy attachment would be. But one example, one common instance of unhealthy attachment is when individuals, when you, when I, when we all do not express, when we do not say what we want to say for the sake of, you can put it in a bunch of different ways, for the sake of not rocking the boat, for the sake of not upsetting somebody, for the sake of hanging on to what you think is somebody's validation. So for instance, you're out with a girl and you may want to say something, but you think, oh, that might be divisive. She may not like that. Right now, I have this, this sense in my head. It's, it's all projection, of course, it's not real. But I have this sense, this projection that she validates me and my existence. So I better not say this thing because that validation that she has for me right now that I at least perceive is gonna be taken away she may get upset. So I'm not gonna say that thing, I'm just gonna change the subject, I'm gonna say it in a completely different way, I'm going to lie, or, this is when we really need therapy, I turn away from those topics unconsciously. I don't even see that I don't say these things that would be really healthy for me to say if I was to go on and create a healthy attachment with this girl I'm out on the date with, with whom I'm out on a date, for instance. So that's one common iteration of attachment disorder. Now you may hear me say that and go, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Okay, maybe that's not how it iterates for you. Maybe that's, but believe me, if you have an issue, you are part of this culture, of this Western culture that is at the, the root of it, an inability to form healthy attachments. And so I think it's very telling that on both sides, the left and the right, we both use divisive as some kind of denigration of somebody's point, right? We don't point to whether, oh, that's true, that's false. We say that's divisive. We say, you can't say that because it rocks the boat in a sense, because it will upset people. Because we have this sense of decorum and you know, what, whether what you say is right, it's, it's spurgy, it's artistic, because it upsets this sense of decorum. It, it upsets the, this sense of community that we have. And that's something that I had to learn, you know, the hard way going through graduate school is I thought, uh, 
well, I, I won't say this for every graduate program, but at least in psychology, I mean, something that I had to learn, this is just, you know, the fact of being a political animal, is when you go to grad school, they want you to say things to fit it, right? They want you to say things. If they're uh, judging whether they want you to continue in their program and finish the PhD, they, yeah, you know, they care about a lot of things, but one of the things they definitely care about is, is this somebody I want to hang out with? <laughs> they don't want to hang out with you because even if you say true things, I'm not saying the stuff I said was true. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it was definitely not aligned with the communal aspect of grad school that people are going for. And they're going to say, okay, we don't, we don't really want you here. We don't think you're going to be a good psychologist or a good therapist, right? Um, and I, I think that that term divisive is very indicative because that's ultimately what therapy is. You know, everybody talks about shadow work at least everybody who I follow or follows me or who are, you know, my mutuals, let's just say on Twitter, maybe not everybody talks about this, but the importance of shadow work and oh, you got to do the shadow work. We say that and at the same time, we'll turn around and say, well, you can't say that because that's divisive. What does shadow work mean? Shadow work means there's this part of you that you don't acknowledge that is in somehow contradiction to how you want to live that makes it more difficult for you to, you know, go back to what I said, to make the decisions you want to make, to bring clarity to issues. You have this part of you that, that fights against you. You are, in a sense, divided among yourself. You are divided. And that's what shadow work is, is looking at how you are divided among yourself. And when somebody comes out and says something, let's just say it's true. I'm not saying what Carrie Lake said or what this journalist said was true. It, that doesn't matter. I'm just using that as a jumping off point. When you go out and say something that's true and people say, well, that's divisive, that is an indication that you say something that shows them how they are divided. divided that shows them how they have issues that are in, in contrast to their pr professed values, in a sense. This is what, what therapy is. It's naturally divisive. That's the point of therapy, is to show exactly how you are divided. Now, people talk about this in the, in the sake of being confrontational in therapy or well, it's good to do this shadow work and to show how people are divided and to show how you may have emotions, in a sense, what I'm talking about. You may have emotions that erupt, erupt with an eye, that become conscious and interfere with your conscious life. Right? That's an example of being divided. And it's good to show this without being too confrontational, which I think is true, but at some point in therapy, we need to come to the reconciliation that your life, the way that you live your life, with these unmanaged emotions, you will not get the life that you want unless you manage these emotions in a somewhat healthy way, to some extent. That's divisive. It shows how you're divided. You will not get the life that you want if you keep doing this. Or this pattern that you have with your wife, let's say. Now, I'm not saying that this pattern that you have with your life is necessarily going to ruin the relationship, but when relationships are ruined, you see this pattern. You see this issue that you have coming up with your wife or husband or whatever that is going to ruin the relationship. Now, you say you want a healthy relationship with your wife, yet you have these unmanaged issues, these un this pattern, this unhealthy pattern that would eventually lead to the demise of the relationship.
you know, that's that's exactly what therapy is. You know, another important part of therapy, or we, we would call it shadow work, which is just healthy. Therapy. I, I mean, I think it's so telling that we that we somehow separate shadow work from therapy. It's so telling about how poor therapy has become. It's just become this this CBT. Oh, you have that thought. Change that thought. Well, you're not your thought. You're not your emotion. Oh, this is an unhealthy emotion. Let's change that emotion. Right. That's that's not shadow work. But therapy has become so overrun by the CBT hegemony that shadow work has somehow become something different. Another instance of, of healthy shadow work is showing how you may even actively hurt people who you say that you love. People in your life who you really care about. Your, your friends, your family, your mom, your dad, your husband, wife. you got to get really clear about how you harm them. That's shadow work. That shows how you are divided among yourself. That there is this divided part in you, and until you reconcile that, you're not going to have the, the, re, the relationship that, that you really need with your wife, your daughter, your son, what have you. So this is, well, I think it's very telling how much of our political debate and, and so our political divide, our cultural divide comes down to, oh, that's divisive. What you're ultimately saying is, you show me how I am not a fully reconciled human being. And of course I'm not a fully reconciled human being because we're living in this culture that is divided. And of course there's no cultural issue, it's just individual issues, you get enough of those and it becomes a cultural issue. So it's perpetuating. Right? It's very paradoxical that you think that you are somehow advancing culture when you call somebody else's point divisive. You are, in fact, contributing to the divisiveness when you say that. It's just like this rich, dense, that the, the irony is dense, right? Um, and ultimately, you know, this, this is what nature is. I mean, this is what reality is. Reality is reality recognition not reality necessarily but reality recognition recognizing how we need to recognize reality for the sake of using it for our own benefit that is about discernment that is about division in a sense some things are healthy some things aren't some things are conducive to a life that we would want some things aren't some um, we have healthy positive values and we have negative unhealthy values I'll talk about that more when i do in fact talk about values in therapy and part of that recognition is saying things that, of course, are in fact divisive. So if you can recognize yourself, as I speak in this video, uh, maybe you, you've criticized people who, who you perceive to be on the opposite end of some false, you know, false alternative cultural spectrum. Maybe you have criticized somebody for being divisive. Maybe you've done it a bunch. And I think that may be a good indication that therapy could be healthy for you. Not, right, it's not, because when you call somebody else divisive, that means you are divided. So that's what we can help you with here. AnimusEmpire.com slash schedule. We do free consultations. We have a way of doing therapy that you're really not gonna find anywhere else. We show you, uh, you know, a structure for proper therapy. A lot of people are out there you know, shooting from the hip when it comes to therapy. And all oh, this works and some study shows this, but I think we need an integrated approach to therapy, one that integrates 
you know, what we would say that the two dominant schools, really based on two dominant philosophies, cognitive behavioral therapy and psychodynamic. We need a way to integrate those, not use both on the same therapy. That's still divisive. <laughs> but a way to integrate those into a whole greater than some of their parts. And that's something that we can help you with here. So if you're interested, if you want to find out more about what we do, animusempire.com slash schedule if you have a question for me. Animus at animusempire.com. Thank you guys. Remember that the ultimate that the ultimate division that you need to reconcile isn't the division within culture. Of course, it's the division within yourself.